on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself and launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And it was absolute heartbreak, devastation. Choose any word you want. I know I've really struggled to find the right words to truly describe the emotions of that loss. But I guess with that, we've needed to call in the best to help us process this one. (laughs) He is the original Carlton podcaster, the man who helps so many fans get through some of the darkest times um, of the club with the Carlton show. And boy, do we need his therapy today is, of course, the one and only Paul Barbaza. Mate, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks very much, Ian. Lockie, thanks for the uh, for the invite. And um, as much as I can give therapy to others, I think I give ther- therapy to myself. But, um, yeah, no, it's been a, a whirlwind few days. So I'll, hopefully, I, hopefully I can... Um, add something to the show and add something to the to the listeners and see what we can come up with tonight. No, I think so. And, and honestly, it was the reason I really wanted to have you on because I guess going into this game, there was a lot of just super negativity really breeding after a couple of poor performances. And it was, it was very tough, particularly on social media. And I, I was just loving everything I was hearing from you. And I thought we needed just a little bit of, positivity and i think we're, we're going to get that this week from you and yeah so let's just i guess kick this straight off it was a, a loss to the demons by five points probably one of the most heartbreaking losses in, in recent years and you know now that we've had a bit of time to process it i guess how are we all feeling um about that loss let's get your third thoughts first paul i'm ready to hear it well, um, the the game itself, uh, prior to, I sort of thought, um, you know, the lead up with the Crips and Crips back in again, um, I was pretty happy with that. But then the news that Chera mm. came out, that worried me, that concerned me um, mm. in terms of like what we're going to be able to bring to the table throughout that midfield. Uh, you know, like the first five or six minutes, I felt like Melbourne really came out strong. Not that, you know, there was any scoreboard pressure, but I felt that they were putting pressure on us. And and, and I think clubs know, well, clubs have sort of worked us out that, you know, put pressure on Carlton, enough pressure on Carlton, and we'll we'll fall. We'll 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 basically go by the wayside. We'll turn it over. Um and, and that's kind of how we've lost a few games this year. But the boys dug in, you know, the boys dug in, you know, it was four quarters of unrelenting uh, tackling, um, selfless sort of stuff, you know, smothering, all the little one percenters that they, they were there mm. right throughout the whole match. Then you know when, what they got in front a little bit, ten points. I think we one stage might have got about seven or eight points in front throughout the match. And then you know you come to the last quarter and you're just hoping that we stay, 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 like just hang in there, hang in there, and at the right time. Hopefully, it goes our way. Well, with three minutes to go, it goes our way. 
you know, Charlie kicks that goal. I'm actually, mm. I was sitting in the lounge room here with my daughter and mm. we just jumped up out of the chair and we <laughs> hugged each other. And oh. look, I'm, I'm, I'm not really one to go the early crow, but I went the early crow and basically said, <laughs> well, basically I said, we've got him. We've got him, you know. Mm. Um, then I sat back down, looked at the clock, saw that it was under three minutes and I thought, oh, geez, you know, under three minutes. Like, okay. And then yeah. Melchon got that goal, which was, that. that's the one that killed me because then I knew, well, there, there was time. There was time then. Once he got that amongst three or four of them, that was just, that was heartbreaking enough. that you know that you just had to hang in for a little bit longer. And then when it got to under a minute, and I'm pretty sure, mate, I haven't gone back to the, to, to the vision, so you guys have to help me. But the last oh. minute or minute and a half, I'm pretty mm. sure we had control of, did we have control yeah. of the ball as such? Yeah. And, then, oh. and, then, and then I think there was an errant kick from Uggies to... Sad and mm-hmm. he went long and I, I don't know what happened after then. It's all a blur, but I know the ball went down the other end and <laughs> you've gone from elation and basically calling it to Cosy Pickett getting enough on a kick that mm. I thought wasn't going to make it initially. Then I saw it just, it, it, mate, that, that kick lasted oh. about an hour. I just saw it mm-hmm. sailing through and, and and to the pit of my stomach, it sunk. I was gutted when I looked to my right and I see my 27-year-old daughter in tears, unconsolable. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's 11 or 13 seconds left on the clock. I go across to her to console her, to tell her what I can tell her, to try and help her through that moment, I'm trying to console myself. I've got an eye on the screen thinking, is there a... Are you allowed to swear on the show? Oh, go for it. Go for it. I was thinking thinking to myself, just give us a fucking miracle. Give Mm. give us a miracle in this last 11 seconds. Like, hit it down to someone, boot it long, someone take a mark and and, Mm -hmm. get this back. But no, all I could hear was the siren. And then it was just, I was numb. I was gutted. I was just on another planet, to be honest with you. And mm. um, that's that's what I saw in, in, in short. Well, that might have been a bit long. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're after. No, that's exactly it. And it's, I think you nailed it. It was just taken from us when, you, I know you said you went the early crow and I was trying hard not to, but I think those moments when it built up to it, when Charlie actually does finish and gets that goal, all you can think is, this has to be our moment. This just has to be it. We've done enough. There's that sort of point buffer as well. It's not just that six points. And yeah, you look at the time and you go, Jesus, can we hold on to this? But it felt like everything Melbourne were throwing at us, we were clinging on and we had done enough to get that lead out just enough that ultimately, I guess, wasn't there. And look, after two weeks of incredibly poor showings, everyone was really worried going into this. You kind of touched on that yourself. And I think we're all hopeful, but we hadn't really seen anything that was going to give us 
I guess, confidence really going into that game. And I think what everyone really wanted to see was just show us that you want it. Show us that you want to actually make finals. Show us yeah. some fight. And I guess we lose and there's so many things you can take out of it. But my big takeaway was that regardless of that result, the boys gave it everything. They showed they had some fight left. Is that what you guys came away thinking as kind of your, I guess, big arc from it? Or are there other big things that you're taking away from the game? Well, it was that, like you say, that the showing that we saw at the start of this game was just so completely different to what we saw against Brisbane. And I feel like that was the time when we were like, okay, let's put Adelaide behind us. We're going to see that response now. And we didn't. So then with all the, the Crip saga that Paul went through, et cetera, et cetera, we got to here and it's like, is this going to be just the same old story? And it was just completely mm. different, which was so good to see. And I'll, I'll just comment on the early crow as well because I, I feel like I was the same. Everyone sitting around me was the same. Like when we just had that with a couple minutes to go, everyone just felt that confidence. And mm. we, sh- we, sh- we shouldn't have it from where we've been. But it just felt it just felt like our moment, like you said, Ian. Like it just felt it just felt so right that we've we've, we've this, this is us showing we've earned our spot in the finals, mm. and everyone's saying, you know, oh, after these past, last few weeks, we don't deserve it. No matter what happens, we don't, we haven't earned our spot. And it was like we're going to put our stamp on it right here and do it. And yeah, mm. it's going to be the game of the season next week now. Yeah, um, and I guess let's touch on the build-up to the week because mm. I, I almost wish we did a, a mini podcast throughout the week because there was just so much going on. You've obviously got the absolute Twitter meltdown that happened over a couple of sentences from Harry Mackay on, on the couch that oh. I still can't <laughs> believe happened. Um, and then you have the marathon five-hour Crips appeal that – God knows how and what happened during those hours. We're all going off one guy's live tweeting in an office that the automatic lights had turned off. He didn't know what was going on. It was just absolute disaster. Um, But I guess both of these events really built into the week. I guess first, what was um, both of you guys' thoughts on the kind of the Harry and the club rhetoric going into this? Because I know that was a big talking point. And then secondly, what did you make of the Crips appeal and, and what that meant to the team leading in? Uh, well, the, the Harry thing was an absolute mountain out of a molehill. Um, he was asked mm-hmm. a question. Um, he answered it the best way he could. And that was, um, and, I, and I watched it a few times to make sure that I understood what he was saying. He said, if you, if you determine success on changing the environment, and the culture of our footy club, then I see it as being successful. Yep. Um, the 12 wins or however many wins we get, if that makes finals, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, basically, I, I can't remember the words he said. I, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't say, then I still see it as a success. Uh, he might have, I'm not quite sure. But mm. to hang him on that is just you know, listen to it yeah. properly, and you know it's not accepting mm. mediocrity. It's basically saying, "Well, have a look where we've come from, people." You mm. know, like last year we finished thirteen, won seven or eight games. We played the worst football, particularly in the second half of last year. It, it was unwatchable. It was lamenting. 
it was um, no someone I, I can't remember. Might have been you, Ian, or sorry, you, Lockie. You talked about desire. There was no desire. Yeah. You know, we were only three goals down halfway through the third quarters last year, and, and you sat there and just thinking, well. Th- it looked as if they weren't even trying. Like, you just knew they weren't <laughs> going to come back. So, 100%. I think from where we've come from, from where we've come from to to where we are in terms of win-loss, and yet, if we do make the finals, that's that's fantastic. But if we don't, surely it's not the end of the world. And it's an improvement on last year. So, for me, personally, those comments from Harry... Um, I think people just take things way too seriously and out of context. Um, and look, I could be way off, but that's just how I saw it. What about you, Lockie? Yeah, no, you've you've said it all perfectly, Paul. I think the three the three of us tend to have similar takes on on things like this <laughs> because Ian and I talk all the time, just like. It's so easy to forget where we were 12 months ago, three years ago. And it's just, I, I, I feel like it, it's common sense for a fan to see how far we've come and to, you know, take all those factors in consideration. Just the, the whole way that this club was behaving, like there was, there was, it was really hard to find those positives at the end of last season. And when the review was happening, God, that, that feels like five years ago. So, yeah, no, I'm the same. I, I like I like what Harry said, and there's just, and again, we, we talk about this too. Like it's the the players are are trained in quotes on on how to speak to the media and in public, and like you just can't you, you can't overreact to the little things because mm. it's just it's not always the truth, and and sometimes it is. But mm. yeah, you just can't overreact to those things. But yeah, mm. and, and like I didn't think it was perfect. I didn't think he said everything to the absolute the best that he could have like it would have been amazing if if he did say like just to to finish his quote just say yeah but like the boys really want to play finals and they're going to give everything for it. I think that's like just the one sentence fans were wanting but then they just because they didn't hear that they just turned his all the other words that he said into meaning something else and it was just quite frustrating because I kind of agree with what Harry's sentiment or at least what I took from it which was well, if you're just talking about the wins and losses, well, you're not acknowledging every single other part of this season that's gone right, all yeah. those little growth factors. And so to quantify every single thing and saying it was a failure just isn't correct because you've got to acknowledge the success that has come from all these other aspects. Like he mentions the culture of the club and these little things that we're not super, super privy to that obviously mm. have changed for us to get to this stage where we are competing for finals and yeah it was just a, yeah. a very interesting one and then and then we've got the obviously the uh the Crips saga um what do you think that obviously Crips um being free to play actually meant to this group do you think that helped galvanize them at all um just getting that kind of elation of that result oh definitely definitely I mean you know the club went to long lengths to um you know, and they basically. Uh, I know what I know. What a heavy hitter at the club told me, and he said, "We'll fight to the death. We'll fight to the death. Mm. We're gonna, and, and and if you think we're dead, we're going to fight even further." So basically, <laughs> you know, I, it was nice to hear that they were going to go full bore, and they did, mm. and they got the, and they got what they wanted. Um, oh, that would have given the boys a huge lift. I mean, he's the captain, man. He's, yeah. you know. I, you know 
when you play footy, you look up to your leaders, and you know he, he is a he's a he's a beast. He's a, he's a man mountain, and absolutely, yep. I mean, about Viney, Parker, Ola, Rachel. Therefore, that I'm, you know, I, I wanted Cripps in there because he could take them all on. Mm. So um, no, would have given the boys a gift. What about you, Lockie? How'd you how'd you say it? Yeah, no, not not too much to add to that. To be honest, it's yeah. How can it not? It, and it, I, I didn't think that I could love him any more than I already did. But then just after this week, and then to see how he went out there, getting booed every time he was within ten meters of the ball, and and still played a, a fantastic game. Like God, mm. this well, man just deserves the world. Hundred percent. And look, I think another big, really key talking point sort of from this game and kind of, again, it's all in the lead up to, to what's kind of happened in these past few games is I think this season we've probably struggled with the occasion and like when the expectation's been there to win, you know, mm. the chance to secure finals against Adelaide, we sort of bottled that one. We probably showed our worst performance of the season and then you have the chance to rectify that against Brisbane. We really only showed up for 15 minutes in that last quarter We've also kind of had this inability to handle the pressure against the top sides. And I think for most um, of, the, of the game against Melbourne, I thought we handled the occasion really, really well. Just the effort and fight. Do the last two minutes change what you kind of can take away from how we did, how we were able to handle that pressure? Um, or, or how are you feeling about all of that? Um, look, I, I think... Uh, sustaining pressure for our club is, is the that that's what we have to do going forward. I mean, if you want to play finals, you've got to sustain that pressure. You've got to you know take the pressure from the opposition, see it and raise it. Um, you know, I don't think you win finals without pressure. It's pretty you know that's that's withstood the test of time. Um, do we bring the pressure every week, even in some of the wins that we've had this year? Uh, i question it. Yeah, talent has been able to get through a few of the wins this year when you're talking about knocking over the, the Giants down here, the Eagles over there, um, and North Melbourne and Adelaide over here. I think that our talent and ball movement, when allowed to, um, has been, you know, supreme. To, and if you allow Carlton to do play to their strengths, um, they can punish you very quickly. You know, I think we've had quarters this Bloody year with kicks six, seven, eight, maybe even a nine-goal quarter against mm. um, someone. But so, so I think as the year evolved, clubs look at Carlton and say, "Well, yeah, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile." So, what? How to beat Carlton is. You've got to put pressure on the ball carrier, perceived pressure, all that sort of stuff. You know, make them make a mistake and then hit them on the turnover. So against, well, predominantly against, because it's fresh in my mind, um, I'd say against St Kilda, oh, they, they kicked probably seven out of their 13 from turnover. Geelong was mm. ridiculous, ridiculous yeah. what they kicked. I think they kicked nine, seven out of 12 goals from turnover. That was just... Absurd. Um, Adelaide was really... I, I take my hat off to Adelaide. I really do. I'm, 
I don't like yeah. um, sort of giving too much credit to the opposition. But, um, <laughs> you know, they took it up to us, mate. You know, four quarters mm. of unrelenting pressure. And, 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 un, and unfortunately, I think in that particular game, I think our players had their heads up their asses. to be honest. I really do. Mm. I, I think that they felt the week before against the Giants, when the Giants relaxed in that third quarter and, and in the last, our blokes pounced. They took that opportunity and went bang, right? Got the job done. And I didn't like that win at all. Against Adelaide, I've got a feeling that they were sort of thinking Adelaide wouldn't sustain that pressure for four quarters. Yeah. Once mm. their pressure dropped off, that we would feel it and we would pounce. Well, guess what? We gave it an even break. They put us to the sword, right? And they upped the pressure and they pulled their pants down. Mm-hmm. So from that, we go to Brisbane. We go to Brisbane and we're all saying, no, nah, we, we need a response here, boys. Need a response here, boys. No, nah, no, nah, we'll get a response, all right. We got nothing for three quarters. Nothing. That, I, I can't remember. I was texting a few blokes, Andy, texting a few others. And I can't remember how many yeah. times I text the word embarrassing. Mm, embarrassing. Yeah. Now, I'm a little bit privy to what the coach said at three-quarter time. Mm. And I'm happy to share it. I'm not going to tell you who told me, but a little bit privy to what he said. He'd had enough. He'd had enough. He understood what was happening, though. And he, he understood it. That these mm. blokes had frozen up. The pressure of making finals was just too much. Yeah. And they were playing a safe brand of footy that they were into trouble, Right. And and basically went down, and I'm gonna, I'll just paraphrase basically what he said at three quarter time. Mm. But he basically said the game's done and dusted on the scoreboard. It's done and dusted, but I want just to go out there in the last quarter and play footy, start enjoying it again, right? And just play with manic, frenetic, just go, 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 go. Well, they kicked yeah. the first eight goals of the last quarter. Now, you're telling me this game's not above the shoulders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. But, but, but the good thing that comes out of that is that this coach is in his first year. The coaches are in their first year at our footy club. And each week, or each day, each week, they understand their players a little bit more each week. So he's identified the fact that they've clammed up. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. not dealing with pressure. So he needs to release the valve. He needed to release the valve. And the best way he knows is just say, righto, just, just go and play with you. For God's sakes, just go and play. Now, we didn't see that on the weekend, right? Because that, that game was never going to allow either side to... To, to, to take an inch. And no side gave an inch on the weekend. That was just a brilliant game of football for the football purists. That was just yep. magnificent. Like the, the pressure, the tackling, the strategies behind a few things, you know, allowing Doherty to go in the middle. I think I saw Cottrell mm. go in the middle. I think I saw 
Durden go in the middle. I think I saw someone else go in the middle. Like he was just throwing the chess pieces around because he had to keep that midfield fresh. And I just loved it, mate. I loved it. I loved yep. everything about the other night. Um, but pressure now is obviously building. What they're able to do next week, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, when, when you like. But pressure mm-hmm. is part of footy and it's how you deal with it in certain stages of the game. You've got to keep adapting. You can't just, like, if you can't win by, you know, early in the year, I think we are getting a lot of goals from centre clearances. That was our, you know, one would. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that changes because clubs work, work you out. So you've got to adapt. Every game... To win a game of footy, you adapt throughout the game of football and that's up to coaches and players to work out what's working and what's not working on the day. The good sides, and I'm not, I'm loath to say plan A, B, C, that type of thing, mm. but the good sides mm-hmm. work things out within quarters, <clears throat> at quarter time, half time, three quarter time. You know, this is what they're doing. This is what we need to do. You know, you can't just have the ace in the pack. And if the ace in the pack doesn't work, well, then you're cooked. Well, then you're going mm. nowhere. And I just think on the weekend, there was that steely resolve to say, well, you know, if things aren't going away, we're going to keep at it. And they did. The distressing, not distressing, but the, the gutted part of what you guys are thinking at the end of that match it hurts, it hurts because you're 22, give everything. And you know that that's not their best 22, obviously. Not mm-hmm. their best 22. That's fine. Mm. They probably had yeah. close to their best 22. Um, mm-hmm. And we took it out to them. So. Sorry to go on, fellas, but yeah. No, we love it. It's gold. Oh, 100%. It is so good to hear. And I think you nail it. It's a, thanks for the great insight. It's lovely to know kind Brilliant. of what is being said there because I think that's everyone's thought of what changes, what is the difference from us showing that really poor result and then being able to come out in that last quarter last week and then what you're seeing this week. So I kind of want to ask a bit of a follow-up question, I guess, now that you've seen what we can do, I guess, against Melbourne bouncing back from that, are you a bit more confident with how you think we can handle that pressure with with maybe the way Voss has kind of figured out things from this group going forward. And obviously it's never going to be perfect every single week, but are you a bit more confident now that we won't just freeze up for another three quarters? It might be able to change a little bit quicker. I hope so, Ian. I hope so. Um, um, You know, there's a little bit of – when you watch us play – there's a little bit of Voss mm. in, in, in everyone. And mm. I think you can see that he wants to select players that are uh, uh, that will go, you know, that I think I know what he wants and I think I know what he wants and it's take a little bit of time. We, we are inconsistent, obviously, since the bye, we've been very inconsistent with the win-loss. Mm. Um, am I confident that we can bring that pressure more often than not? Oh, it's it's a difficult one to answer, but it should be negotiable if you want to be excited. Play. I'm, I'm, I'm look. I'm, yeah. I know that sounds like I'm probably sitting on the fence a little bit, but uh, um, 
And that's that. Sometimes it, I, I can sit here and say, to, "Yeah, yeah, no worries." Everyone's going to bring that pressure, but mm. I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Maybe you guys, maybe um, see something different. You, know, you can answer better. Just... What do you make of it, Lockie? It's. No, that you've done the right thing, Paul, because I'm going to sit on the fence too. As I as I scroll through the listener questions for this week, it's it's the biggest thing. Navy blue baggers, is, is this is this does this loss kind of stall us, or is it what gives us a bit of insight into finals mm. pressure? M says, is this the moment that makes them? Do they pay, take the pain of the other night and say, not us, not again, next week, or is it deflating? I, mm. Like like I touched on earlier, I, I felt like we were going to come out absolutely vicious in the Brisbane game and it let us down. And then we go into this one being like, it, so, you know, what Paul touched on that, that Vossi G'd up the group and we're like, well, is, is, is that last quarter nothing or, or is that the new normal? And it felt like it was. There's just, yeah. there's just no way. There's just no way of knowing. It's so tough. And Call me back. In so... Inconsistent. Oh, sorry, Baz. Love it. But um, yeah, I, I guess looking at just can we sustain this? Can we keep bringing this? I, I'd like to hope the positive in me goes. We've brought it now to the best team, and you can you can tell it's so simple. Like you kind of alluded to, you bring the heat, you're going to be in most games, and that kind of manic pressure is quite hard to you know contain and be consistent with but i also liked the way that we were able to absorb melbourne's pressure for for a lot through that game so i'm hoping that this can give them confidence that yeah you can build from this and you do that nine times out of ten you bring what we did on the weekend to every single game you're going to win more than you lose and and like if i'm vossy and i'm sitting in those rooms after the game all I'd want to do is is sit there. Oh no, he's gone. The Paul has, <laughs> has disappeared from us. Has. Some internet it. issues. <laughs> we'll get the man back. We'll get the man back. Sounds good. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, Beautiful. mate. Yes, mate. Tech modern <laughs> technology, mate. Technology. No. Um, <laughs> it's a wonder. I was going to say to you um, that we have noticed obviously since that last. Since that last quarter was um, mm. uh, against um, Brisbane, I think he's coach. Has he coached from the bench? As, yeah, he he did, and I was going to call this out because Platypus Dundee asked it: Has Vossi's move to the bench been a motivating factor, or just better communication to the boys? I loved it when I saw it. I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic again. He's starting to understand that the pressure's building. He's won premierships. He's won mm. a Brownlow. He knows what it's all about. He was one of the toughest players, one of the best players I've seen uh, yeah. in all my time watching football. Um, and we don't have, I guess, the age demographic, the mm. 28, 32, 33-year-olds, like, well, Geelong certainly have. We don't have anything like that. Mm. And I, I think they know that. They know that. And... And I think him being down on a bed is almost, this is going to sound stupid, but it's almost like an ex on the ground, um, mm-hmm. on mm. the boundary. Like he's not playing the gun. 
game, but he's there to give deliver the messages. Run as much these days anyway, and it's not relay from the box down and then the. It's directly mm. from the coach. Bang! He sees yep. it. Bang! He gets onto it. So I think I think for this group, right? Um, whether it whether that news, I don't know. But right now, in the here, the now, I think it's it's certainly a, a good move. And and again, it's about you know the players need to adapt and coaches need to adapt. You know, it's mm. it's all about relationships, standing your players, and mm. getting to know what makes them tick. Mm. I think you nailed it, and it's it's been interesting to see that our our best footy of late has come from him being down there. And I think you nailed it talking about the experience or maybe lack thereof from this grouping, knowing how to handle these certain situations. Like we haven't, this group has not played finals football. They haven't experienced fighting to try and get into finals. And yeah. like you said, him being there, being able to talk to them, I think they need that. And probably he's figured that out that they need that kind of like fatherly figure there to actually be able to communicate straight to them, not just on the phone willy-nilly. He's there to scream on the touchlines to just get those directions out there straight away and, and be able to build those strong relationships that are clearly there. I think it's a really good move that probably this – Maybe they're not young, but like lack that experience. This group, I just think they need that. And you kind of segued perfectly talking about the need to adjust and adapt because mm. this is something we had to do in this game. We had a lot of injuries. We, we had no Hewitt, no Kennedy, no Chera. Thank God we got Crips off from that two-week suspension. Otherwise, it was going <laughs> to look really tough in that midfield. And so I guess through injury, we are forced to really shake things up. Um, Paul, what did you make of the changes and how they fared? And I guess kind of another question on top of that, are you a little bit frustrated that it's kind of taken us this long to change things up, knowing that I think probably since the bye, our, our midfield maybe has struggled a little bit? So I guess I guess with the midfield, um, I do like... It worked on the weekend. Is it going to work, work every week? Um, you know, mm. we just have to mm. just keep trying things. Um, just just the element of surprise. I always like the element of surprise, personally. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if, if Chera, Hewitt, and Kennedy were available, well, then they they would have continued on that. I, I would imagine. Mm. I don't know because I think on this podcast we've kind of touched on this midfield and that we've obviously been down in in clearances compared to what we were at the start of the season. I think Lockie and I both kind of. We're pinning our hopes a little bit on on Pinnanet because yeah. I know a lot of people were saying bring in Paddy Dow or, or bring in this guy. And I was weirdly having this opinion going, if Paddy Cripps can't do it, if Sam Walsh can't do it, these guys that we have that are our best midfielders can't do it. Like is it's surely someone who is lesser can't get a better effect. But I guess mm. this week seeing, you know, Doherty go in there having 28 disposals, 10 tackles, six clearances. Setterfield, 26 disposals, six tackles, gets five, five clearances, four score involvements. These guys put in a massive shift for us, and it probably makes you think that, gee, it would have been nice to see one of these guys just pinch hit in. It didn't have to be every single contest, mm. every single center bounce, but it's at least worked a little bit. And now maybe 
this can be another lever that we we pull on at time to time if things aren't going 100%. Um, Lockie, what did you make of the, the different midfield mix and how it fed and what you think going forward? Yeah, no, I loved it. And to Baz's point, the elements, element of surprise is a favorite of mine too. And again, it's everything we've said, like it's another, it's another lesson now. Like has, has Doc seen a center bounce in his career? Maybe I'm being naive and, and missed it, but it's like, I don't remember him ever doing this. And now that's just another little thing that we can pull out in that time of need if necessary. But, and yeah, and I'll, I'll ask you the, the question back because Clint Bolton asked it. Doherty was that good in the midfield. Could he become more of a permanent rotation if we get our regulars back? And mm. do you see do you see that actually happening, or do you think when these when the the troops mm. come back in, say next season, it's uh, he goes back to his all Australian position? Mm. Oh, I, I think he probably would go back to the to the half back. I, I know listening yeah. to Vossi a few times, he seems to be really high on that. And look for. Most stretches of this year, he's been unreal down there in all in, all Australian contention for yeah. sure. So I think that he'd probably go back there. But I, I do like the idea, not on a, like I kind of said, not on every single centre bounce, but if you chuck him in every now and then, mm. it's that point of difference. And I hate to, to bring up Collingwood knowing that we're going to talk about them a little bit later but like you look what they've been able to do with like a crisp going in there someone that's been on halfback even a you, you look at Sydney with throwing in Callum Mills that now he's that permanent midfielder and playing some really good footy I think it's a it's a good alternative when it's not working and you just need to adjust slightly because I think Baz yeah. sort of said it perfectly talking about it's not necessarily changing from your plan a because that's just not how things work anymore. There isn't this change everything up completely. It's just slight adjustments. Mm-hmm. And seeing how well Doherty did it, just being able to clear the ball and get those meters gained, which in these high-pressure finals-like atmospheres, I think that's so vital is just gaining that territory your way. Seeing how he was able to do that, I, I would like to see him in there now and again if things aren't going for us. What about you, Paul? What, what are you sort of thinking with uh with Doherty being in there maybe a bit more permanent. Uh look with the Doherty thing, I guess we do have a lot of halfback flankers. So I mean mm. if Boyd's available and Newman's available and whatever. Look that it, it, yeah, you know, in answer to your question, it could. It could. Um I don't think he was great with the ball in hand, but I think what they yeah. wanted was just get the ball forward. And he he certainly is a ball magnet, isn't he? Like the ball just follows oh, him. Oh yeah. Mm. No matter where he plays, so um, um, and he reads so well. So look, yeah, it, it's possible. Mm. Yep. definitely. And probably going on talking about this ball movement, talking about how how it all kind of. I want to keep on the positives. Obviously, we'll get to the negatives, definitely. Um, but I thought we we sort of our ball movement was a lot better than it has been. We finally were showing some dare, showing some attack. We were trying to change angles. We were trying to go through the corridor. And it was finally, I think, pleasing to do this up against a really good opposition and see that working. Um, are you happy with how, I guess, our sort of game style was holding up in this kind of finals-like um, atmosphere, I suppose? Uh, what do you what do you make of that, Lockie? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like Baz touched on earlier, like it just felt so safe in previous weeks, like we just go into our shell 
And I, I just didn't feel that so much. We had that dare. Maybe it's like that a bit less to lose attitude. I don't know what it is, but yeah, th- th- that this is the kind of footy that we know can can take mm. twenty one. So I, I'm pleased that we've regained it because if we play, we were in our shell again for this one. I don't know whether I would have thought we could turn yeah. around at all this season, and it was gonna, we're going to have to go into next year, but. Yeah, no, I think the the game style looks good. Obviously, nowhere near perfect. We didn't get the win. There was so yes. much improvement that can have. I'm not saying that it was perfect, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot to work with there. I think. Have a look at the opposition. Uh, the opposition being Melbourne. Have a look at their defence. Mm. They're pretty miserly defence. So, um, you know, mm. we gave them some concerns. Um, it wasn't a high scoring game. But still, we had, I think, 20, well, both sides had 24 shots at goal. We only went inside 47 times. So you go in yeah. 47 times and you have 24 shots at goal. Every second time mm. we're going in, we're having a shot. So you Good get point. That's another, unreal. I'm big on getting it in 50 times plus. Because, mm. you know, when you look at our um, 12 wins this year, I've been through every single win. 12 wins... 11 of them, we went inside 50, 50 times plus one. There you go. 11 out of yeah, 12. Wow. The games wow. that we've lost, we never went over, we never, we never went over 50 times 50. Jeez. So it's, it's, wow. It's just that a is telling. small stat. You know, I, I do my own little stats. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to champion data, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was just something that I look at. And when I speak, you know, 40, when I see when I see forty seven inside fifties, and we've hit the scoreboard twenty four times, and probably put two or three on the full, mm. that just meant yep. to me it meant if we can get him in there another half a dozen times, we're going to win that game, no problems. Uh, we almost won the game. I mean, this would have been an outlier had we have hung on. We would have gone inside forty seven <laughs> times and actually won the game. So I wish I never looked at that stat. but uh, that's that's very eye-opening to kind of see just how important that is and and that obviously in our losses the the ball movement we've touched on has been a a lot of an issue and i guess i kind of want to segue a little bit into talking about the the bad parts of this game and what ultimately loses us that game and a lot of people are going to really hone in on those last two minutes and yeah, 100%. We'll definitely chat about that. But not only was it kind of a, a bit of a failure in those later situations, I also thought there was a little bit of an inability to take an advantage of our opportunities. And I could mm-hmm. I could honestly mention a hundred different things, and I'm not trying to just hone in on one player, but there's a couple of different moments that I think really highlight this. And one was... We did really well to get under Melbourne's skin. And in the second quarter, we earn a downfield free kick. Charlie has a set shot. He misses. Then there's another one in the in the last quarter, downfield on Doherty. Harry set shot, 50 out, misses. Um, another downfield this time on Sauce, set shot from the pocket for Durden, another miss. And, and then you even look at, you know, in second quarter, 30 seconds to go. Two points down. We have a kick in. Garve beautifully hits up Cripps with a massive long kick to the to the sort of half forward. Cripps takes mm-hmm. it. He rushes to play on, almost stuffs it up, gets it back, turnover. They go down, kick a goal. And 
it's just these little moments and inability to, to handle pressure and then inability to take advantage of these opportunities that were kind of handed to us that it's pretty disappointing. And then you've got another one with Harry um, marks inside 50 set shot. Doesn't even make the distance. Um, kicked it from 50, but touch goes through. It's these little moments that we probably didn't take that ultimately cost you. And then when there's so many of them, it, it can be a bit frustrating. But yeah, I just thought it wasn't just the last two minutes. There were these other sort of pivotal moments of us maybe not taking those chances. But then I guess on the flip side of that, you've got the, the stat that you just raised with us about how well we were going with that efficiency inside 50. So maybe it is just how things get played out. What do you, I guess you kind of make of the inability to take that advantage as, as I put it, Paul? I mean, you've got to take your opportunity. Forward, like I said, I'm pretty sure you can make the distance and a few went out in the full. So you probably effectively had maybe, what's that, 24? You probably had about 28 shots at goal um, mm. and, and, and actually kicked 10 goals. Now, the opposition, yeah, people will be listening saying, yeah, but the op- opposition kicked 11, 13. We're not talking about the opposition here because that's what we yep. do. We don't talk about the opposition. We talk about <laughs> our on. mob. So, yeah, our mob could have been a little bit better. Yeah, with that, you make some you make some good points for sure. For me, I felt the frustrating and the negative for me on the night was the amount of. Well, I think you, you got you might you know you got stats in front of you. The contested marks, marks driving me mm. insane. Yeah. Driving me insane. Whether it was Jackson, it was Gorn, whether it was down back, and it was May and or whoever it may be. I felt like it made, Brown didn't have a good night, but he still took one or two contested marks. I felt I felt the contested marks, with the timber that we've got, we didn't get enough fists in, you know, fists in when mm. we had to, and whether we were yep. caught out with a small on a tall or whether we didn't quite get there. Um, I know I know Young had a very very good night, and in terms of spoils, I think it was a record. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. For one percenters. Yep. And spoils too. He got the oh, AFL yeah, yeah, record yeah. Um, 20 more spoils yeah. in yeah. a game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, he's done his job, but I just feel that there were other, you know, Weedering, Marchbank, uh, Gov, mm. probably blokes who like to mark the ball, uh, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure contested marks we got beaten comprehensively. So mm. that was a, a negative for me um, that that, yep. that we were just getting outmarked. And I'll tell you now, Ruck is still a problem for me. You know, mm. Max Gorn yeah. had influence around the ground. He was a, a thorn in my ass. just a thorn in my ass. He's a good player, right? Good player, <laughs> right? Great player. But Pinnanet needed to... Pitt needed to and 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 nullify his effectiveness and and I think I know Pitto had twenty seven hitouts, but I think he only touched the ball four times. Yeah, mm, yeah, four times. It's not good enough. So so then you know people will say, okay, Baz, what, what do you reckon we do? Do we drop Pitt this week and bring in Tom DeConning because Cameron's a little bit more agile? They'll use Cox. I don't know. I actually don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a real conundrum at the moment, to be honest. 
I don't know what yep. combination we use. I don't know which one we use, what combination we use. And I take your point, uh, Ian and Lockie, earlier about clearances because clearly early in the year we had Pitto there and I think Taps Advantage was, was, was something that we were going well at and seven mm. clearances were going well at. So I really don't know the answer, to be honest. I really don't. But our coaches need to work out what's mm. going to be the best going forward, mm. I think. And I know he's come back from a knee. So, uh, again, I have to mention he's come back from a knee. So I've probably <laughs> been a little bit harsh. No, honestly, I don't think you're being too harsh at all because I, I had that thought like midway through that game thinking, are we just like an elite Ruckman away from being one of the best teams in this competition? And, and I even, I was watching back because of the big Crips saga during the week. I was watching back the highlights from that massive game. I think it was 2019 against Brisbane where he absolutely yep. tore the game to shreds. And we had Cruiser oh, in the yeah. ruck. And there was just a couple of hitouts that was just magical straight down the throat of Cripps. And all I could think yeah. of was I haven't seen anything like that tap work really since he retired. As good as sort of pito has been to advantage, there hasn't been those little things. And... I think that that is what is separating us a little bit compared to some of these really good teams and, and Pitt's done well, but is it, is it enough right now? And it's tough because there's really, there's not a lot of great Ruckman on the market that maybe work. Like obviously you've got Grundy that might potentially be out there, but I really doubt Collingwood would allow us a sniff at him and we'd probably have to give up a lot and who knows what the salary would be like that you're taking in that deal. There's maybe a Goldstein that's it's still kicking about for a couple of years playing some really good football and maybe that's a bit of an answer in the short term. But I think you raise a great point because at times it felt like that was the real difference because you need to get your hands on the footy first and when, you've got a, when you're coming up against a guy like Gorn, and you're struggling, it's it's tough. I guess, Lockie, what are you making of the, the ruck conundrum? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great call out. I mean, I, I still have massive faith that TDK can be that guy and hopefully he's just worn down solo rucking for so much this season and get another preseason into him, etc. and that he can still be that guy. But yeah, it, it's a great point that you make, Baz, and yeah, and I need to touch on the contested marks as well because that was definitely something at the ground that mm. really stuck out to me. It just seems like something that I'm not used to seeing anymore with this defensive mm. lineup. It feels like any time there's a contest or the vast majority of the time there's a contest, we managed to kill it. And you, and like you said, Young's played a fantastic game with so many spoils. So how did they come away with 22 contested marks? Because it felt like they were clunking everything. So mm. yeah, I, I, I agree with your negative there. And yeah, 22 to 12 was the stat, which is, yeah, we got absolutely killed there. And it's frustrating because we had so many talls out there. It was probably the tallest we've been, particularly in defense. You would have imagined that we would have been able to get our hands on it with a Marchbank and McGovern that are so renowned for their sort of interceptability. Um, I guess, do you have anything else to sort yeah. of touch on that sort of point there, Paul? Uh, not really, but I, I mean, I guess the other one was... Do we? I mean, I, I can't believe that Melchum's had six shots at goal. Oh, oh I know. Right? He's pulled one straight out his ring. 
What? Why can you? Why does this happen to us? Why? Why do we make players look like JC? Baz, it's like you've read the questions in advance because you're absolutely nailing everything the fans want us to touch on. Why no, do we struggle I to cope with certain I'm players just, that just, just aren't that good? Stuff out me. I'm, I'm looking for the <laughs> negatives. I, I know that we're looking at negatives now. And that was a negative no. for me because I want yeah. I wanted to pull out me 22 and put it through and put it straight <laughs> straight through his bloody eyes. He was driving <laughs> me mad. <laughs> Jake Melksham. Yeah. Jake. Hundred percent. Oh. Fucking Melksham. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. Tim Gigantor's called it here. It was Tim Membry earlier in the season. It always is memory. Yeah, it's always <laughs> yep. memory. Jake Melksham. You love it. Oh, I don't want to be adding Melksham onto this list of guys that for some reason always play well against us because Nick Larkin. Oh, like he's he's obviously good enough to be playing AFL football and he gets a chance, but look like I guess his own teammate was saying, like, mate, what do you do at this football club? Like Stephen May was giving him jabs saying he wasn't good <laughs> enough. And like how are we genuinely letting this man kick well, a bag well, I'll against tell you one thing, boys. I wish just... Stephen May had knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it during We'd the game. We'd be sitting and... here talking finals. <laughs> because, yeah, I think you asked the question, like, who was playing on him? And there were times that Gov was on him. There were times I noticed Doherty was on him. And I'm, I'm not sure what the direct matchup was. I know they rotate quite a lot, but didn't seem like anything was working. And then... You said this earlier, and this was the main point because I know the big thing has been the the always kick to Saad in the last couple of seconds and us not managing the clock. But what led us to that position was four blokes not being able to get a spoil on that Melksham mark in the goal square. And I unfortunately had the dishonor to be level two pretty much almost directly behind that. And I got the perfect view of seeing every single person almost playing for us in that vicinity of the ground and not be able to get a hand on it, not able to get a body on it. And that's the one that stings you because you did everything, but you just couldn't stop it. And there was another Melksham mark earlier that I think he ended up missing the goal, but it was another one where no one gets a body and he gets that little mark at the back. And you're thinking, how are we not stopping this from a player that like no offense to him, but he's not that caliber that we should be allowing him to dictate the game, particularly when, if you're giving the defense credit, really apart from that last goal, we stopped and nullified Pickett. I didn't think Ben Brown had the greatest influence on the game. And then Fritch, who always seems to come out and kick goals against everyone, was he? did he even play? Genuinely didn't see him out there. So it's, it's so frustrating when we let someone like Malksham come out and play so strongly against us. It hurts. Yeah, well, you touched on Fritch, and he was the one that I was most worried about, to be mm, honest with yeah. you. And I, you know, from the TV, I'm not, it's very, it was very difficult to know who was sort of minding him. Was it at the ground? Was it, was it anyone in particular, or was they rotating for him as well? Was it Marchbank Gov? Was it that kind of combination on Fritch, or? Oh, I, I think. I saw Marchbank on him for most of the time. I think I might be wrong. I wasn't honestly paying a massive, massive amount to attention to the matchups, but I remember seeing Marchbank on him quite a lot. I remember seeing Nunes on Pickett for quite a lot as well. So it was some interesting kind of matchups, but 
Maybe we found yeah, something yeah. there with Marchbank yeah. being that guy that can play on that medium to small that I think mm. Plowman was because we need to upgrade oh, think, that kind of Plowman yeah, position. Right. So I think Marchbank could be right for it. But I think, yeah, we've, we've unfortunately, we have to touch on, I guess, that the last two minutes when we did go up and the inability to, I guess, have that composure. And, yeah, like what are we all making of those last two minutes? Because I think everyone is thinking, and I heard, I think it was, it was either Waitley or, or David King mentioned that it was really, and I think every Carlton supporter felt the same way, we were really one mark one winning of one contest away from winning that game of football it was so close in those last few minutes obviously there's that missed kick and then Saad feels that pressure to to go down the line and we just didn't have that ability to have composure in those last few minutes and potentially I guess panicking a little bit maybe mentally in those last few seconds uh, does does that worry you at all I guess moving forward of how we handled those last seconds that we weren't able to, to close out this game? Or do you think that we will be able to learn from this? Uh, well, I think early in the year, we beat Hawthorne and Port Adelaide mm. in, uh, I think uh, they, they were coming at us like a steam train. Yep. And I think we yep. handled that situation. You're just going to get, mate, you're going to get, it, it's going to, it's going to work for you sometimes. It's going to work. For, it's not going to work for you sometimes. Um, you'd like to think that if you're in front with a minute to go and it's under a goal, you'd like to think that. Uh, what can I put on this one? Uh, you'd like to think at least eight out of ten, nine out of ten, you win that game. Yeah, yeah. Now that's one we lost. I know Richmond have had, they've been, Richmond, you know, Richmond's been around a little while with the personnel they've had. And this year, I reckon they've lost probably three or four of them. Yep. Against, uh, well, they, yeah, they've definitely lost two of them. Um, I reckon mm, Melbourne, yep. when they were sort of starting to become a good side, probably lost a few. It's, it's, it's all about learning, isn't it, boys? Like, um, Hundred percent. You'd like to think that they they train for that. You'd like. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they train for it, but they just didn't get it right this time. And we, we you know, we paid a price, but we get another chance on the weekend. So I'm sure they train for it. It doesn't mean that because you train for it doesn't mean you're always gonna get it right. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Mm, and I think that it's the hard thing because I know so many supporters look at how we've struggled maybe to handle pressure at certain times. You add this to it and and I've heard a lot of people go like they're, they're not good enough. They're, they're mentally weak. They're not there. And I'm not going 100% that way. I don't, I just don't see it like that. I think that no. we've kind of, unfortunately at the end of this season, we're finding maybe just where we are as a, as a football club, as a, as a list that we're just not at that top echelon. We're in that middle bracket of yeah. just making finals, ready to break out. We know our best is up there. We know we've got the players. It's about getting it all together and getting those experiences. So I agree. I think that they have to learn from this. And if they don't, then that's the worrying sign. But 
probably the first time in a very long time. One, we've been competing for finals. Two, we've had a very close game against a massive opposition, the reigning premiers in an almost do or die kind of clash. Who knows? Maybe next week against the Pies, it's a close one and we're able to hold on because we learned from it. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see for me on that. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my take. Is there sort of anything else anyone really wants to touch on about the game or, or sort of the last two minutes at all? Well, I mean, I had my head in my hands from basically the time that Sadi kicked that ball long because I just couldn't bear it. Uh, but I, I 100% subscribe to that learning theory because we've been talking about it as we lead up to the end of the season. We haven't been in this position where the pressure's on going into the end of the season mm. in so long. So you have to be in those situations to be able to learn from it. And then I'll, I'll still Baz's 9 out of 10 like kind of stat there. So, like always is going to hit that kick to Saad 9 times out of 10. That was the one time he didn't. And Nunes dropped that chess mark uh, mm. that was coming into inside 50. He's going to take that 9 out of 10. Like, there was so many of those 1 out of 10 things that went wrong in this instance that ended up with this. And we'd have such a different tune if we'd just come away with the win. So mm. I, I fully believe that it will be that learning thing that we need. And that's why I'm just so... I would just be so relieved if we do manage to play a final because I want us to be able to get that atmosphere and, you know... Like, I, I want us to have that experience going into next year. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think we, we, we've we talked on it. We kind of really need, I think we need finals for that experience. Like, this week was a massive experience. It's yeah. it's important it to this atmosphere. football club to, like, this was pretty much a final with the, the pressure and everything. And we almost yeah. got there with a completely undermanned team. And I know people don't want to hear excuses, but... Everyone going into that game was shitting themselves when they heard like Chera was out as well because who the hell can play in this midfield? And we only had really four midfielders attend center bounces. It was Mm -hmm. Cripps, Walsh, Doherty, and Setterfield, which kind of shows you that that's a completely different midfield to the one that started this season. And I, I know I've heard some people say as well that the pressure and the effort is a non negotiable, and that's just what you have to do to play games of AFL football and I'm not going to give them credit for it. But I think that to a degree you have to because we were worried they weren't going to bring that at all any, anymore this season. Yeah. And for them to do that, yes, that's the benchmark. They need to do that every single week. And we're not accepting that just because they did it and lost one game, that's okay. But I think that we're all relieved that we've seen this fight and then hopefully we can go on and, and win next week. Um But yeah, I I guess it's probably a good time to segue in. We'll get into the votes. Uh, You guys obviously came out in droves for this one, for the fan votes, and you gave your one vote to Lewis Young. You gave the two to Doherty and three to the skipper, Paddy Cripps. Um, And before I ask for everyone's votes, we need to do Mm. a bit of a um, reveal almost at the end of this because it's getting down to one more round to go the MVP Navy Blue Corner medal, whatever you want to call it. We need a name, so if you've got an idea, let us know. <laughs> but it's coming close, and we will re- – we, yeah, I can't even speak. We will reveal who is on what total. We'll reveal the top five after these votes. So, Lockie, who have you given your votes to? 
No, I'm completely aligned with the listeners this week. Had to go three Crips, two Doc, and one Young. That is very fair enough. I have. I would have loved to give my three votes to uh, Christopher J. Townsend QC, but uh, I'm not sure yep. he's in the running for this one this week. Um, <laughs> so I've given the one vote to Doc, two to Lewis Young, and three to Paddy Cripps, which means with one round to go, the top five, and I'll go from five to one, Kerno is in fifth on 28 votes, Doherty on 29, and then the top three is so incredibly tight. You've got Paddy Cripps on 39, Walsh and Saad both tied on 41 votes. This could genuinely go anywhere with the uh, the last game, so I'm very excited for that one. Um, Baz, who did you give your votes to in this game? Uh, I would go. I was, I was leaning. I thought Lewis Young was fantastic. So I thought um, three to yeah. Lewis Young, two to Doherty, and one to the skipper. Um, I will mm. note mm-hmm. up until three quarter time, I probably would have had the skipper on top, but he only had two touches in the last quarter. Is that right? Ooh. We need a recount. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> One kick, Gee, one handball. Yeah, that's well, not good. no, no, no. And, and that's not a disparaging remark. That's just that's that. And, and yeah, four tackles by the way. But in the last mm. quarter, I just when you're looking at leadership, and yeah. we lose in the last two minutes, three minutes, or what it was, and your skippers yeah. only hatches, you see your leaders to lead, and mm. I reckon. He probably would be disappointed with his last quarter as well. Um, but I can, you know, a lot of people have gave him the three votes. I sort of analysed it a little bit differently. Yeah. I certainly had him in my votes, as, as you saw, as you heard. But I just sort of thought third quarter, he had a really poor quarter in the third. Um um, mm. and I just was looking for the, the skipper to exert himself a bit more in that last quarter. But, you know, uh, mate, I'm, I'm being, mm. again, too harsh. I understand that. But, you know, you've you got to call it as you see it. And, yep. uh, and I felt the skipper probably been to, you know, lift a little bit more in that last quarter. So, anyway. Very fair. But he's still in my vote, so it's just I just, I just didn't see him as through <laughs> Yeah, no, I think fair. that's I think that's very very fair enough. Um, we've obviously touched on a fair few fan questions throughout the episode. Lockie, do you have any others for us um, into this one? Yeah, we've weaved a fair few in. So thank you everyone to submitted your questions. There's one more, and this is one that Ian, you and I have spoken about a lot during our time on the podcast, and especially when we were doing poorly. We haven't done it as much this year, but it's still an issue. So I'm keen for your opinion on this, Baz, um, from Doctor Blue. Are you alarmed at the frequency of injuries suffered by our players over the past three or four seasons? Is it bad luck or is there something else going on? Oh, look, mate. Who would know? Who would know? A high performance coach. I know what I do for a living. And I've got no idea about that sort of stuff. Um, And I'm not about to (laughs) sort of... um, tell a high performance coach what he should be doing. I, I, what I will say, what yep. I will say on it 
is that 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 high performance coach will put a program in place, right, to get mm-hmm. you fit again and playing again, and he will put you through a rigorous fitness test prior to playing. Now, if you re-injure yourself, I'm tipping it's not got nothing to do with him. I'm tipping you haven't done your rehab properly. Mm-hmm. The onus goes back a little bit. So the player has to take responsibility himself in order to make sure he ticks all boxes all the time. Because one performance coach, if you're talking about elite, he can't go around to every player and play with them for 25 and make sure that they, they, they tick all their boxes. Yep. He'll see if they haven't ticked the box when certain things that he puts them through, if they can't complete them, then he'll scratch his head and say, well, have you been, you know, have you been true to yourself? Oh, I, mm. I, I, I know people want to slam Jack Russell, um, yeah. but, uh, and there might be some reoccurring injury or frustrating, but you think if most of the injuries are collision, and I think most probably are having collision, then, yeah, that's sport, mate. It's bad luck. It's, mm. you know, what, what do you yeah. do? Mm. No, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good sort of side but that we'll we probably haven't really seen and heard on this podcast. No, I think it's really good. It's a really good thing. Now, you may have said that was the last question. I actually found one here that I've got to ask. It's from the Almost Blues Brothers boys. And Ooh. they have asked, this is directly... To you, Baz, they've said, why is Baz known as the pumper? <laughs> Which I think we need an answer to. Oh, oh, how do I get the name the pumper? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look, I can tell I can tell the story. Years and years ago I had a pub. I had a pub in um, Brunswick, ran it with a few mates and um we used to play Wednesday nights. We used to play, I think it was B-grade um, pool against other um, pubs. And um, mm. me being the publican, I joined, I joined the boys um, and we formed a team of seven or whatever and we played against another pub which were sort of traditional rivals. Um, good segue, actually. Traditional rivals, Carlton Collins. <laughs> Love it. Love it. it. Us, the Railway Hotel against, I think it was the Cumberland. I think it was the Cumberland Hotel and, you know, when you played pool, you got on the beers and, you know, we took it pretty seriously. And on that particular night, um, they approached us and said they wanted to put some money on the game, on the outcome of the, the seven sets. So I think everyone chipped in. I can't remember what it was. I think it was everyone chipped in 100 or 100 each or something like that. So I think it was a bit on the match. And it came level. It was level. And then I had to play the last two matches and needed to win both of them to collect the cash. Now, I won the first one. And um, when I won the second one, I remember walking past the bloke who I beat and I fist pumped him, right? Got my cue and snapped it in half in front of him and, and, <laughs> ga- and, and gave him a dead, dead set Fennec and ran up. And from that day forward, everyone just called me the pumper. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's sort of it's sort of a little embarrassing, but um, you know, my mates don't call me the pumper, but but that group back then, then when um, and I do like I used to like Jimmy Cassidy, I like I like a pun on the horses, and he was called, yep. and 
do have a same thing my phone become and I used to have something like bringing this is looking at something uh, much to the same as what the pumper uh, Jimmy Cassidy used to say. So there's a little bit of that cool um, 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 story and a little bit of uh, following Jimmy Cassidy. So a little bit of both. But um, if you watch me following Carlton, if you if you ever sit next to me, you'll know that you know the pumper sort of sticks because um, I'm a little bit. Um, wild at times and sometimes I almost I scream that much almost pass out but yeah they probably think it was something naughty something dirty but 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 it's not but it's not trust me it's not oh I'm sad to hear that that's a that's a fine cover story for for whatever you got up to mate that's absolutely yeah fine. sure sure <laughs> We'll uh, we'll challenge you to a game of pool when we see you and uh we'll see if it's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I go all right. I go all right, don't worry about that. Set by yeah, we'll three and a half we'll table, not uh not 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 the twelve <laughs> by six. I wouldn't be able to see the other end. <laughs> game on. Absolutely love that. So, yeah, look, let's talk about Carlton Collingwood because it is now must win. I I don't want to talk about their, you know, doggies having to lose. Forget about that. Let's win. Let's do this on our own terms. And, look, if we bring what we did against Melbourne, 100%, I believe, that we'll beat Collingwood. So, yeah. What what do we need to do to win? And um, I guess, are you making any changes to this team, Lockie? Oh, my Lord, the changes. Well, just scrolling through Twitter now, they reckon that Williams is a chance. So there's rolling a dice there. Obviously, there's still Dow, who is the sub, can give him a run. Oh, gosh. I, I haven't thought about it enough, to be honest. I've, I've still been just reeling from the weekend. So I don't know what changes are going to, what they're going to do. Normally, I'm pretty vocal on the changes. I'm going to sit on the fence with this one and hear from you. But I agree. If we if we come with that energy, I think we'll do it. So, yeah, I'll pass it to you, Baz. What? How are you feeling? Yeah, well, I, I think if, uh, if Chera's fit, he plays. Oh, and Chez, of course. Yeah, so, it, it, and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know the story there. But if, he, if he's fit, he plays. Now, whether that's for Nunes. Um, yep. which which I think that's a possibility because mm. then Doc goes back, Chera goes in the middle. Uh, uh, that's a possibility. If they're rolling the dice with Williams and Chera plays, mm. uh, who comes out? I'd say Nunes and then possibly O'Brien. Wow. And I would play Walsh on the yeah. wing. Cottrell on one wing yeah. and Walsh on the other wing. Don't mind it. Mm. So there's a, there's a couple of little things there. And look, and then do they go uh, Tom DeConning for Pitternet or both? Well, I'm not going to enter that one because I've got no idea about that. And I don't <laughs> yeah. think they know themselves. So I won't enter that sort of. Um, I won't enter that. But I think the only ones really that could probably. Yeah, I did read that, Lockie, about Williams. I don't mm. know quite enough about that um he hasn't played since the 15th of may um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
that's that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. That's a big roll of the dice. But like I said, these days, you know, high performance coaches they know if these blokes are up to it or not. I mean, gone are the yep. days where you need a month in the twos or two or three matches in the twos. It doesn't happen mm. anymore. Like these guys are that finely yeah. tuned. They're like racehorses, mate. They can they can go out there first up and and, and play. So um, times yep. have good point changed with um, that sort of stuff. So mm. yeah, changes. You know, I know people sort of say, oh, geez, a bit harsh on Lockie O'Brien. Well, mate, you know what? If there was enough in the side and it came down to playing Walsh on the wing or O'Brien on the wing, who are you taking? <laughs> yeah. Well said. Mm. Well said. Mm. No, it's it's a tough one. And so in terms of, and look, they're, they're yeah. Well, Ginnivan's not playing that little prick, so that, that, that's nice. <laughs> um, and... Um, and and uh, Taylor Adams is out. And if they mm. want to roll the dice with Dagoe, yeah, go right ahead. He's got a hip flexor, so it'll be interesting to see if they want to roll the dice with him. Um, and I think, uh, Ian, did I send you something about who we've got in the side this time as compared to mm. last time? Does it look infinitely better or what, what did you make of that? Yeah, look, it was the interesting thing you sent in. So I'll... Get it up here. Basically, last time um, we didn't have Harry, Martin, Pido, McGovern, Marchbank. We then lost Weedering in the first quarter. Compared yep. to this time, we're missing Hewitt, Newman, TDK, um, Kennedy, and then I guess potentially Chera with that. So it's it's interesting. We're sort of missing a bit more of our midfield, but last time we had no tools, which kind of ruins your structure a lot more. So it's kind of a weird trade-off. I'm not too sure which one I'd probably prefer out of those. Lockie, <laughs> which one, I guess, are you, are you leaning on, towards out of those two, if you can? Because <laughs> oh, it's almost nah. two different teams playing this time around. Look, I'm going to be the optimist that I always am and say this one. Yeah. We're in a better position now, surely. But that's like picking between kids. Not that I'd know. <laughs> yeah, and I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to look at my changes. And yeah. you raise some good points about, like, do we go Williams and kind of risk it? I feel like with, oddly, maybe I'm maybe I'm too ahead of the curve with this one. Ooh, if we we've go. got this sub rule, why not take the pun <laughs> on Zach Williams? Because, look, if he gets injured or... Okay, if he's just not playing well, can you say he's injured? Like, I don't know what, how much they're really ticking these over. And if we get eliminated or whatnot, can you just just go for it? I think it's worth the punt if they think Williams is good to go. Like, obviously, they're not going to risk him if he's not. But if we're just going off, he, he might not be 100% up to scratch because he hasn't played any football I think you want your best players out there. So I'll, I'll happy to probably lock my changes in. If Chera's good to go, Chera in for Nunes. And then I think I'd probably go Williams for Stocker there. And then worst case, wow. Nunes or Stocker becomes the sub. Bring them in if Williams can't get through. I guess the only worry from that one is, can Garvin and Martin and these other potentially injury-prone players, can they also get through? Is it having too many? But um, I think Jack, so Jack mm. Martin, someone we maybe didn't touch on that deserves a shout out because I probably buried him 
last week. And then he comes out and three goals and makes me look like an absolute idiot. So big shout out to big Jackie Martin. Absolutely love to see it. <laughs> but what do you, what do you make of the, uh, the just Chuck Williams in? And if he, he gets injured, we've got the sub there. Do you think it's a, an okay plan Baz? Um, well, the short answer would be that I have to trust the, I've got to trust the club that they've ticked the boxes with him and he's done enough yep. training that mm. he's right to spot on. You make a with the sub, you make a very valid point. I mean, if he's not going, if he's not going, and yeah, it'd be pretty easy to, it'd be very easy with him to say, oh, Mick Hill as he saw. I mean, you saw Martin come out <laughs> the week before. Four against Brisbane, they said he had a calf mm. tightness, and Durden came mm-hmm. in and played, and, and Martin played the very next week. So, yeah, you, yep. you can you can do that, you can do that, and they might be thinking exactly like what you're thinking and saying, "Well, roll the dice if he goes mm. all right. If he's going, so well, we'll take him off and sub him out. The only <laughs> problem with that is you hope someone doesn't get subbed out before yeah. he gets subbed out. <laughs> Uh, and that's and that's the big risk that we're taking with this one. So I think yeah, team I, changes. I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 pers- I personally probably wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Well, mate, there's no tomorrow. No tomorrow. You know, after yeah. Sunday, there's no mm. tomorrow if we lose. So you may as well go yeah, ball team. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely going to make team changes one to watch. Like it seems to always be with this football club. Um, I guess is there anything that anyone wants to touch on about the Collingwood build-up or what could potentially be our, our last game for the season? I, I hope it's not, but anything else anyone would like to add before we probably wrap this one up? Oh, I'll just jump in and say it just doesn't feel like – it just feels like an unprecedented time for me <clears throat> in thinking about the Blues. I just can't. I just can't think – forward to the game i feel like i'm not analyzing it clearly it's i'm just in this weird funk i guess mm. i just want it to be sunday already going with a bunch of collingwood mates there too i just cannot oh, no. bear for us to lose this one so i'm just funneling all my positivity into oh. us getting over the line but we need we need your words baz because you're going to analyze it better than i would right now um well i think looking at two vastly different sides that that for me number one i think that's that's pretty clear that we're a high possession side and not they yep. they mm. rely heavily on pressure and making you turn the ball over and then they go bullet a gate from say from their halfback line they like to pierce the, take the 45s go through the middle yep. and, and get you on that they they play a very different style to us. It's two very different style um, games. Which one's yeah. going to prevail? Well, I guess um, prior to the weekend, last weekend, I would have questioned our pressure. But if we can bring mm-hmm. the pressure on mm-hmm. Collingwood, um, I can certainly see us cause um, and a few of the blokes you the playing this time and I think make a bit of a difference, uh, particularly 
weedering. He needs to also mm. find some form and really get yep. get some get his mojo going. I think he lost a little bit of his mojo since he's come back. I'm not sure what you guys think there. I've heard himself a little bit. Um, mm. Harry has mm-hmm. to be a nightmare for them, surely. I mean, yeah. he didn't play last time, so um, that, that has to be a matchup that they they now have to sort of work out. Is it how? Is it more? Whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so two vastly different sides. Um, I'm not overly concerned about their midfield, to be honest with you. I'm more concerned yeah. about Hollywood six foot all over the park that they seem mm. to run, run, run. They're a, they're a good running side. They 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 run and spread and, and find the gaps um, really, really well. So they must be a pretty good side efficiently by foot, I'd imagine, I think. Um, mm-hmm. This is do or buy. And if I said to you guys at the start of the year, um, round 23, we're going to be playing Collingwood. G, we need to win that game to play finals. Would you have taken the year? Mm. Yeah. yeah, look, would we would we take <laughs> last game of the season against Collingwood to make finals? Look, I know I would. That just I want the occasion. I want these kind of big games, it's what it's what we're here for. It's what this football club is here for, to have these blockbuster clashes that mean something. We haven't had it in who knows how long, really. It's what, 2013. Bring mm. it on, I say. What do you reckon, Lockie? Yeah, oh, I love that question, Baz. I mean, we we had no idea how this season was going to go with with Vossi and all the changes. We thought there was a there was a scenario where we don't even improve and we take a small step mm. back in terms of the wins and losses to go forward in the future. Like we were optimistic that we were going to be top eight, but there was a lot of optimism. So hundred percent would have taken this. It's uh, yeah, we're made for it. I think. Yeah. So yeah, so here. you're both young young blokes, right? <laughs> and I'm tipping you probably haven't seen too much. Hey. Yep, correct. Yeah, both 26, yeah, so, so uh, not too much You're very success. young blokes and you probably haven't seen much. So what I would say to you... Yep. So what I would say to you, this week, don't fear it. Don't fear it, boys. Embrace it. Mm. Embrace it. Yep. Right? Whatever happens, I'm proud of the certain extent mm. if we miss it's going to be a bit of you know because of him right they are the filth right so yep. um <laughs> and, and let me say you know people who don't like me saying that i i, I will not apologize not apologize for calling them the because yeah reasons i don't have to i don't have to tell the people my reasons but let me tell you as growing up as a, a 12 year old and a 15 year old and an 18 year old going to Vic Park right mm. getting pissed thrown at you right position supporters oh. getting your head, head punched in on a bus on the way home uh, 
from Collingwood supporters about 16. Um, wow. And the only reason that was wearing a Carlton jumper. He, uh, you know, we, we beat them at Vic Park and their reason was because I was wearing a Carlton jumper. So I have a lot wow. of history, right, mm. off-field, on-field, on field, I could I could name you that many times that they've done, you know, Magro, Magro ironed out Jezalenka at Princess Park, um, yep. Banks on Reese mm. Jones, we've all seen that. Renee mm-hmm. Kink when he hit um, um, Swanee Mackay, uh, mm. Ray Shaw, Ray Shaw, Ray Shaw, diddle bastard, right? Jezalenka got the four for it. Um, yeah, you know, they. Us, but we played the ball. We beat them in the 70 grand final, 44 points down at half time. They can shove that up yep. their ass. We got the chocolates, right? In 79, <laughs> the ball was a mile out. It was a mile out, fellas. It was a mile out when Harvey yeah. knocked it back in. But guess what? We got the chocolates there too. In 81, mm. in 81, right? They thought they had the chocolates in 81, and we came over the top of them again and nailed them again, right? You know why mm. they hate us? Because we've always been a better club, a better side, and better everything, right? They hate us. We Bloody wouldn't ice. want it any other way, right? And we fucking mm. hate them double as bad. So on Sunday, on Sunday, when it's on, when the ball bounces, take a backward step, fellas. Not one backward step, right? You give it everything. Mm. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But we don't take a backward step against the filth. That is the perfect ending to this podcast. If you're not fired up after that, I don't know what you're doing. Baz, thank you for joining us. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. It has been an amazing (laughs) episode. Thanks so much. Um, But yes, we will be back here next week when we have absolutely pumped the filth. See you guys next time.